Hi, everyone. I'm Hef here with the play-by-play from the SM Threat Intelligence Center. Noah here with the color commentary from the Threat Intelligence Center as well. That's right. And, you know, we're going to try to quickly summarize all the cyber war activity that's happened in the past week. Oh, yeah. There's so many different tools, tactics, and procedures that we're seeing, different IOCs, and we're going to bring that all to you today. Yeah, a lot of TTPs. And this is part two. We've already had a first episode that came out last week. And, uh, you know, we're going to attempt to cover the cyber war that's going on. As time permits, you can always hit the bell icon for notifications. We are Security Metrics from the Silicon Slopes. So you ready, folks? Let's go. All right, the first thing we want to talk about right now is this phishing email that's going around. So really good cyber awareness perspective. This email has been going out. It's basically what, Noah? What are we seeing here in this example? So this attack involves an email claiming to warn users about account hacks coming from Russian-supported groups. So it's kind of playing off of the world events and the heightened anxiety people are having about that. Yeah, this is what's referred to in the business as a back-to-basics type of phishing scam. So here it is, if you got a Microsoft account, and I've also heard rumors that it's also these phishing emails are being tied to Google accounts and other accounts as well. Recent sign-in activity, a uh, user from Moscow or Russia has just logged into your account from a That's new device. That's not a good sign. No. Not a good sign at all. Be aware of this phishing email, folks. Please share it with your friends and family as well. And then there's some other things going on in the news. And this is really what we wanted to do today is cover this. We we did not cover these stories in the order of the dates that they've happened in the news. We tried to summarize it and put it together into a nice little package for you. The first thing, Noah, that caught my eye was this morning is the list of all of the groups out there that are involved in this cyber war. Pretty mind-blowing spreadsheet that you're seeing on the screen right now. Oh, yeah. It's groups from around the world on both sides, targeting each other, targeting infrastructure in Ukraine and Russia, trying to get an edge on the battlefield and in this war. Yeah, what... what calls my mind here is all the different tactics and techniques. It's not just the normal DDoS stuff, the normal hacking of websites, and the normal data breach stuff, Noah. We're seeing stuff like hacking of radio systems and and hacking of television networks and stuff like that. We typically don't see that. Allegedly, this list is just one-third of all the groups that are out there. It reminds me a lot, Noah. I just The first thing that came to mind this morning was the Avengers Endgame movie, where all these (laughs) these groups are coming together. And you think about, for Russia, are there getting the largest free pen test ever oh yeah yeah they're figuring out very quickly what systems are vulnerable they are (laughs) and there's a lot if you look at this list folks you see there's a lot more yellow on the side of ukraine than what there are on the other side so that gives you hope depending on what side you're on right um there is a couple things that we do need to talk about and noah this caught my attention i can which is saying they're not going to revoke the russian internet domains can you briefly explain to the audience what i can is yeah, so ICANN is the organization that uh, develops rules for the internet, gives out domain names, think IP addresses, things like that, right? Yeah, and what ICANN, what Ukraine did is they, they went to ICANN and they said, hey, please revoke all these Russian top-level domains. And ICANN, the agency, said, we're, uh, we're not in the police department. We're not going to go out there and revoke. I mean, you think about the what are the repercussions, know of doing something like this, revoking all the Russian internet domains? Oh, yeah. I was not surprised by this verdict that they don't want to get involved. 
because the internet and especially this organization is supposed to remain neutral. Yeah. And you think about um, experts are saying, you know, hey, you do this, it will have little effect on uh, on the government part of it, on Russian's government. It will have more effect on the civilians, which kind of leads us into then the FCC comes out and they says, and they said basically, hey, you know, all these different cyber tactics that Russia is doing, we have to really look at internet routing security and, and, right. and ask ourselves, how vulnerable are we to the global transmission of data uh, with, with the FCC. So I thought that was a really cool effort on their part. Yeah, this has definitely been an eye-opening week for a lot of these things. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, Cogent, which is the U.S. infrastructure company, one of the largest in the world, they're basically ending all their relationships. So they're pulling their internet backbone and cutting service to Russia, which has a huge, tremendous effect. And you're going to see here, folks, we're going to paint the picture for you on what the next steps here are. But before we do that, we need to address all of the the Russians. They put out a list of all the IPs and domains that have been uh, basically been attacking its infrastructure with DDoS attacks. This happened back on March 3rd, but we want to make sure that you guys hear about this because there was one line of text, Noah, one line of text in their announcement that caught my attention. And you know what that is? What was it, Hef? It was that Russia says that if your organization's DNS zone is serviced by a foreign telecom operator, you need to transfer it immediately back to the Russian Federation. That was their text. Okay, so that's kind of foreshadowing that they might be cutting themselves off yeah, from the greater internet. Okay, Exactly, and that's where I want to go with this conversation, folks, is what happens when Russia does cut themselves off from the entire world? And I have to tell you, you know, the list that Russia put out of all the IPs that were attacking them, I mean, they throw in names like the FBI and the CIA, <laughs> and, and it, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean they're doing denial of service attacks. They could be just scanning their network. Oh, yeah, it could be anything. We yeah. don't know. But the re- retribution from all this, folks, is on Tuesday, March 8th, there was a huge denial of service attack uh, against the U- U.S. infrastructure, and a lot of stuff was tied to AWS. You had mentioned something about it being tied to an API, one API in particular. Yeah, from what I understand, there was an API that I guess had some issues or something, and that's all, that's about all we know. Yeah. Poor Noah came into work the other day. He's like, I, I, my Spotify's not working, man. Yeah, my how, how am I supposed to drive to work without my music? <laughs> But folks, this is a good call out here, right? Downdetector.com is the website you want to visit. You see a screenshot of it it up on the screen right now. Downdetector.com. You can go and see which sites are having outages, which sites are being hit with DDoS. And it gives you a good idea. You're not sitting there wondering who's out, who's not. Uh, going, Going a step further now into this story. And again, if you're still with us, try to understand that what happens when Russia does this and completely disconnects from the global internet. Now, we do know that back in June and July of last year, they did a test experiment where they disconnected and they found that we can survive. We can survive that that the connection's not there. So what the alleged word is, is that on March 11th, all servers and domains must be transferred to Russian zone. So that's a huge amount of data, a huge amount of companies that have to now register .ru in Russia. It's a huge, huge uh, undertaking to make that happen. So what happens then? No no later than March 11th, all servers, domains must be transferred to the Russian zone. Again, uh, we haven't seen this a lot in the mainstream news media, so we're, we're not here to speculate. But if this does happen, Noah, what is the repercussions from something like this? Something like this would prevent Russian people from reaching websites in the United States. Um, from what we've seen with Russia monitoring the internet, trying to police people on the internet to block out information that they don't want to come to light. 
this would really help them with that, which would be very unfortunate. Now, from the cyber perspective, though, it makes it a little bit easier for us. We could just simply yeah. go in and block .ru domains. Right. We can go <laughs> in. We can go in and, and do GOIP rules. Yeah. yeah, to block that stuff. I did find it interesting that uh, I believe it was yesterday. Lumen Technologies. They they also operate a very large internet backbone. They're they handle a significant percentage you know, of the world's internet traffic. Basically, saying, "Hey, we're going to stop routing traffic from any organization based in Russia." So that's a huge deal, folks. Wow, yeah. Um, another story that hit the news, this happened just this recently on, on Friday, March 4th, is all the massive cyber attacks against satellite internet service providers. And we're not just talking about Starlink, which we, we talked about in our previous broadcast, the Elon Musk satellite service, but Viasat, Oodlesat, um, they, they have tremendous amount of subscribers all across Europe. 5,800 wind turbines, which rely on satellite wow. internet service, were knocked out. 9,000 subscribers of Viasat, 40,000 subscribers of Oodlesat. A huge amount of people that depend on this internet backbone, satellite internet, not working. So unbelievable stuff. There is, uh, there is of course, a lot of Russian news sites offline. Here's a great screenshot. This came from the anonymous Twitter feed. It's awesome, folks, to follow that Twitter feed. Can you briefly explain? You had said that these Russian news sites are not based in Russia. Is that correct? So from what I understand from reading through the chats back and forth on Twitter, it looks like some of these websites that were DDoSed into being unreachable, yeah. um, it was the external to Russia version of the website. Okay. And I mean, we don't have perfect knowledge because we don't have people inside of Russia looking, but... Uh, yeah, yeah that, that's about where we're at. Unbelievable. And then, of course, there's repercussions from that. So right. Russia says we're going to block Twitter, Facebook, other foreign publications. Of course, uh, Meta is blocking all of the apps, the Russian uh, RIA channel, Sputnik outlets, and EU is also blocking those broadcasts from RT and Sputnik. So it's like a tit-for-tat type mm -hmm. of war, you know? You block me, I'm going to block you. Uh, like the game of chess, every move counts. I thought this was fascinating too, Noah. This uh, anonymous put out a site for all of the. Have you, have you looked at this? All the Russian cameras they've been able to take control of. Over 400 plus Russian cameras. They have a website you can go to. Yeah, this is really interesting. So these are all cameras within Russia that were hacked, and the feed is put onto anonymous's website with some information. Um, sometimes some of them have a message that say things about the war, what's going on. Yeah. And um, I noticed yesterday that they took down the part of their site that was hacked home security cameras. Yeah, houses. so there's a you know there's a shrivel of of hope hope within anonymous that you know they have some morals I guess. With Russia pulling back its own infrastructure and it's on its own to its own backbone, these a lot of these cameras may be already offline by the time you look at this site. But again, yep. it's behind enemy lines. Dot live is the site where you can see these IP cameras. Fascinating stuff. And then, of course, Anonymous did go after all the Russian TV channels, all mm -hmm. the streaming channels. Uh, it, they went after Wink and Ivy, which is like the uh, Netflix alternative for Russians. Uh, Channel One, Moscow 24. But they were doing something like broadcasting actual footage of the war right. videos. Yeah. As they hacked it, they were broadcasting those videos. So it's not something you see every day. It's very interesting. 
Yeah, and Anonymous is claiming that they have hacked all state-owned TV channels in Russia. So huge wow. deal. You can actually go on the Twitter feed and see what some of these hacks look like. If you go on the Anonymous Twitter feed, around the, the date's around March 6th, and you can see some of that footage. So fascinating stuff. A lot of other efforts out there, too, to help the people in Russia. So with this great Russian firewall, mm-hmm. Anonymous has put out tools to help bypass the Kremlin's uh, blackout and and being able to, if you want to text somebody that's in Russia or have them text out, there's tools available for folks to do that. So that's as of great. right now, and these again may go offline as well. We want to talk about some of the disruptions out there too. This is on all over the mainstream media, man. PayPal shutting down, Twitch, OnlyFans, Google blocking a lot of these uh, YouTube channels and so on. What's yep. the fallout from that though? I think the fallout of that is that the Russian people are hurting. Yeah. You know, and maybe I guess the hope of these companies is that that'll inspire the Russian government to maybe reassess their choices. But who knows at this point? Yeah. And you think about this, folks. The, the takeaway here is how many people are relying on income from Twitch, right? Income from YouTube, uh, OnlyFans using PayPal to do money transfers. All that income's been taken away. And a lot of these folks are saying, from some of the reports that I read, how do I pay my rent when I can't use Twitch and I can't stream on YouTube? which is how they were bringing in yeah. income. So again, the Russian people are hurting. Netflix did suspend service over there. Cisco, I didn't know this. Lots is, of companies. Yeah, Cisco pulling out of Russia. I didn't know the yeah. CEO, Cisco, was from Ukraine. Is that oh, what you I told me? I don't know, oh. actually. We'll, we'll have to we'll double have to check that. Double check that, yeah. Uh, fact check us on that one. But yeah. <laughs> last time we got together in our broadcast, we talked about SWIFT, the, the financial system being pulled out. And of course, on top of all that, the sanctions... Visa moves out of town. MasterCard suspends all operations. Microsoft suspending operations. And then all these crypto exchanges being blocked, yeah. you know, forcing people in Russia now to move currency through many different ways through other countries like China and so on. So Right. As we kind of wrap this up, there's a, there's a website you definitely always want to visit. If you're in cybersecurity, you may have heard about Krebs on Security. Brian Krebs is a great security researcher. We have referenced a lot of his sites. I, I want to say last time we got together and we talked, we mentioned that Conti Ransomware Group, all their chat logs got released to the public. Oh, yeah. Everything they had was leaked. Yeah. The source code for their ransomware, for their decryptor, all of their chat logs for, I think, like two years. Yeah. Crazy. So Brian Krebs, the security researcher, went in and started analyzing all the chat logs. And every day he's been doing a diary, a Conti Ransomware Group diary. I love them as well. So part one is about evasion. And he explains how they get around and how they operate. Part two is more about their operations and how they uh, handle their internal structure, their hierarchy. Um, it's it's fascinating. You had brought this to my attention, how they, they run their operation like a small business, a legitimate small to medium-sized yep. business. They even have their own HR department. Yeah, they have an HR for requesting time off and recruiting new candidates, interviewing people. That's so interesting. Weren't you telling me about a story about how like one of the Conti, where, Conti, Conti ransomware group members had like a baby and needed time off? Yeah, and there's other people talking about how like, oh, I'm not getting my time off approved, so I'm going to quit. And it's like, wow, wow yeah. that's the same problem you see in other businesses. Yeah. You know? So Brian Krebs, part three, was about weaponry, and he talks about how Conti Ransomware Group is hiring journalists to pressure victims. They have an HR budget, and they spend thousands of money, thousands of dollars every month <laughs> towards employer subscriptions to numerous job hunting websites. So their employees of Conti Ransomware Group are out there actively sifting through resumes, recruiting, looking for potential recruits. Again, wow. fascinating stuff. Part four, which is the last part that Brian Krebs spent time on, was 
talking about the different schemes that are out there that Conti uses to invest in stealing cryptocurrency. Yeah. And I didn't know this. I didn't know that they had their own crypto exchange. They, they tried starting that. It's called Squid Game. It's now offline. But yeah, Squid Game was a big crypto rug pull kind of scam. Yeah. Not surprised it got traced back to them. And fascinating, too, is how Conti is trying to build a peer-to-peer uh, system for smart contracts. Uh, fascinating stuff, folks. If you have time to read it, definitely take a look. As we wrap up the, the, the briefing today, I do want to mention that the hacktivist crew, ILIT 300, they were doing phone bombing. I mean, imagine this, right? You're in Russia. You get a phone call from an unknown Ukrainian phone number to your Russian number, and it plays a recording of President Zelensky in his voice. Okay, we're yeah. talking deep fake technology here. I'm President Zelensky. My country has never attacked yours. I'm asking about your vehicle's extended car warranty. All right. That's what they're doing. They're photobombing Russia right now. Fascinating stuff. A phone bombing. I photobombing. Yeah. <laughs> phone bombing Russia right now, folks, uh, with this kind of stuff. It's fascinating, right? I, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about ham radio. I'm a big ham radio kind of guy. Hackaday did a really nice, nice story about the battlefield being five kilohertz wide. Uh, if you're into things like software defined radio, SDN, you can buy these little dongles, right? Right. On, uh, on Amazon. Well, there's a, there's, there's a thing called the buzzer. It's the Russian military transmitter. And you can actually go in there and you can listen in to, to people talking. Uh, WebSDR.com or .org, excuse me, WebSDR.org is the site to go to that has all of the different channels you can listen to. You pick up a little SDR, software-defined radio on Amazon, and you can participate and, and look at these really cool spectrographs of what's happening out there. But what's cool is they did a Rickroll. You guys know what Rickrolling is? But they rickrolled the Russian military using the spectrograph and, and software-defined <laughs> radio. You, you would have you heard that. But all these Russian folks are now having problems talking. The waves are jammed. The shortwave yeah. radio waves are jammed, which is what a lot of the, the army has been using to communicate, man. So crazy stuff. And then, yeah. then they knocked down the 3G towers. The Russian army came in and knocked down the 3G towers, the cell towers. Yeah. I've heard that the Russian army came in, knocked down the 3G towers, knocked out power, knocked down gas, and then they need all of those things yeah. to sustain their own army and their communication. So they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot there. So the, the Russians use this thing called the ERA system. It's a cryptographic uh, phone system, if you want to call it like that. All right. So they knocked down the 3G towers, which is what the ERA system needed to operate on. So now <laughs> they have no insecure. All their communications is insecure. All their phone systems are insecure as well. You can actually see this stuff on Anonymous's website. They've included audio that you can listen to. I, I thought this was interesting too as we as we kind of wrap this up. We're talking about Hawkeye 360. They detected they are a uh, geospatial GPS type of firm, and they detected for you know a couple of weeks before the invasion a lot of jamming, GPS interference, GPS right. jamming. Fascinating stuff, folks. When you talk about how to stop a war or how to prepare for a war and see it before it actually happens. Of course, SpaceX is is shifting resources resources to prevent the Starlink jamming that's been going on. Uh, anonymous <laughs> offering 52000 in Bitcoin for a tank. Right, that's yeah. Not a bad price, huh, buddy? No, not at all. It's uh, uh, pretty affordable in this used car market. Right? Yeah, great video of showing Ukrainian farmers stealing Russian vehicles and, of course, buying a tank on eBay. I don't know if that's going to be allowed or not. It's, you know, They may not allow that, but heck yeah, unbelievable, right? And Ukraine said you don't have to claim seized tanks on your taxes. 
Yeah. So, no we, income tax on that. <laughs> no income tax. Uh, as we wrap this up, though, we're talking about the attacks, and there's been a ton of attacks, both sides going at each other. What they're going after and knocking offline are resources that support the war. So if it's uh, related to energy, if it's related to power, gas, oil, communications, that's the kind of stuff that you're seeing breaches of. And Hive in the news, Hive, a ransomware group, they went after Romania's largest oil company, which is called Rome Patrol. Uh, Rom Patrol, excuse me. Do you remember what they were from? Do you remember who Hive was behind? No, who's Hive behind? They were behind the attack on the Memorial Health System. Oh, wow. That's a big one. Yeah. yeah. So Hive, Hive was behind this breach of Romania's largest oil company. Uh, on the other side of the house is Yandex, which had a data breach, courtesy of? Anonymous, I'd yeah. assume. Yep. Anonymous. Yandex is kind of like the Yahoo of Russia. That's the best way I can try to describe that it. That is a good it. way to describe and it, yeah. This really does put a damper on folks. You know, If you're a Russian soldier and you're in the front line trying to communicate back home and you're using Yandex tools and, and their search giant, uh, you're not able to do that. As always, folks, we hope you enjoyed today's presentation. We'll try to do more of these as the stories come up. We'll try to give you a great summary of the cyber activity that's happening over there in Ukraine and Russia. Largest cyber war we've ever experienced. As always, the linkies, the links, yes, the links, you can get them in our weekly threat intelligence email. You can subscribe to that on our website. You can also, if you, you know, if you if you like the, you want to get a notification. There's a bell icon. It'll tell you when we upload the next episode. And as always, please subscribe. Leave a comment. Tell us your thoughts. Uh, we, you know, show us that you appreciate the, the work that we put into this. We, we it means a lot to us. It'll keep us going here. And as always, uh, thank you for joining us.